Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. And hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio, the most real talk show on the net. We have our tickets ready, we have our passports ready, and we have arrived to their city to hear their stories of struggles turned to triumph. And of course, I'm joined with the Red Rooster. I mean, uh, the Law Ray Ramundo. How are you, uh, Mr. Ramundo? Wait, 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 wait. See, oh, George, George, George. In my contract, it is stated that you must give me a proper introduction. Now say my name once more, you simpleton. Guys, please welcome the reason why the show has ratings, the reason why everyone tunes in, the man that calls it right down the middle, the law, Ray Ramundo. Yes, now that's an introduction. Because, ladies and gentlemen, as he has stated, my name is the law, Ray Ramundo. And to give a cheap plug for those that follow me on Twitter, You've seen what happened this weekend. I am your current reigning and defending GAWP Hardcore Champion. That's right, George. You mess with me, it gets bloody. (laughs) Mm, uh, Bloody as the color of your hair, huh? Anyway, so guys, welcome to another great edition. I thank you all for tuning in on this very, very special edition of Russell City Radio, as this is not a time that we usually air our show. It's usually around 6 or 7, but today we're special on the air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, I mean 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I thank everyone who's taking their time to turn in to our show today, but we have a special reason for this, because our special guest is none other as seen on WWE Tough Enough and one of Lucha Underground's top Stars. I'm talking about Marty, the Moth Martinez, will be here on the show. And, and Ray, you and I are both very, very, uh, you know, familiar with this man, watching him on WWE Tough Enough, watching him on Lucha Underground, uh, committing the, like some dark, dark uh, uh, promos during his time there uh, in Lucha Underground. Uh, of course, with his feud with Killshot, even the, the kidnapping of Sexy Star. This is a side of of Marty DeMoff we've never seen before because, as we all know, he's a very entertaining <laughs> guy. But 
when he came to Lucha Underground, we kind of saw a completely different side of him. Hey, the heels are the most entertaining, don't you think, George? This is the reason you have ratings, because oh, yeah. you have one of the best heels in the business. Right here, Law Ray Ramundo. I really <laughs> wish, I wish, I really wish I knew why Lorraine decided to pay you this much to be on the show. But anyway, aside from <laughs> Marty the Moth, we have so many other things to talk about. And I'm talking about, of course, this past weekend in WWE SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Uh, guys, oh, just announced, wow. I'm pretty Yep, and just announced, as a lot of people probably already know via social media and WWE.com, uh, all credit goes to them for breaking the story. Uh, you know, two days right after TakeOver, now we just find out Asuka has suffered a broken collarbone uh, from her match uh, against Ember Moon on Saturday and might be out of action for six to eight weeks. So I have to start asking. Yep. So... Ray, I have to start with this, man. What do you think is going to happen with the NXT Women's Title? Do you think they're going to strip it? Do you think they're going to keep let her keep it? Because technically, I don't see another takeover coming to Survivor Series. Now, logistically, it's six to eight weeks, so probably she can get come back by in five, maybe even four. Now, this is the only thing that with the policy being a 30-day clause that you have to defend, I kind of see Asuka in a no-win situation. So I see them stripping her of the title, and this is the easy way to say, you know what, we don't have to have someone go over, and probably what they'll do now is that at the live finale of the Mae Young Classic, the winner becomes the new NXT Women's Champion. Or how about this one? Like, I agree with everything you were saying, but I have a kind of, like, different route when it comes to the Mae Young Classic and the finals and the winner. What if they go kind of like the MMA route where the winner of the Mae Young Classic wins, like, an interim championship where that person, let's say hypothetically, Kyrie Zane wins the interim, you know, women's championship for NXT and then all of a sudden comes out Asuka, and we see Kyrie Zane versus Asuka at a takeover to crown a undisputed champion. Kind of no, something very simple. Storyline, no matter what, that would be the storyline. Whoever is the champion is going to face Asuka to then determine a true champion. But I just see, I don't see WWE going the route of, oh, this is only an interim champion. WWE usually is known to. Okay, we're going to strip and then crown a new champion. Well, they didn't, uh, but hold on, right? But they, they did something similar with, of course, CM Punk and John Cena, didn't they? Where, like, both of them were uh, champions? No, that was literally crowning a new champion, George, because you're, remem- you're remembering the Raw that they determined a new WWE champion. It was Rey Mysterio versus a man that's on Raw at the moment, the men. Ray wins, becomes a WWE champion. John Cena decides, uh, Ray, how about you give me a title shot? Okay, Ray versus Zena. Zena goes over. You hear that lovely da na 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 na. CM Punk comes out. Punk says, I'm the real champion. This leads off to Zena versus Punk. Champion versus champion. Who's the real champion? 
Well, it, so, but it's, it, so it, it was still about an undisputed champion, mm-hmm. but WWE already crowned what they thought was their champion. But it will still be something similar because they were crowning like a new champion, yes. They were crowning a new champion, but technically on paper, even for the people who didn't know it was storyline, obviously, but for the people who didn't know it was storyline, we still knew CM Punk was the champion. So it was kind of like that interim feel is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess you could say that because to remember the storyline, that was when CM Punk just left. That was when we all thought, oh, CM Punk's running with the ball and he's going home. He's taking the WWE title. He's going to leave to compete on the Indies, which is what we all thought was going to happen. And now we find out he signs a contract like a few weeks later. And CM Punk's back in WWE. Well, yeah, I guess. But, guys, again, also at NXT TakeOver, we saw some fantastic matches, including, of course, the first match, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas that practically stole the show. Then, of course, you had, you know, Aleister Black and Hideo Hitami that everyone left that day saying Aleister Black is the real deal. And then, of course, the tag team match. Well, yeah, okay. and then on top of that, you have to you have to give that detail that that code orange entrance it was just amazing because that was their live, folks. The law gets the tickets because the law gets those high paychecks. So it's like, oh my god, seeing them just rock out in person, fans went berserk in that building, and there was literally a mosh pit at the Barclays for the band playing Alistair Steam, and it's like. Okay, they have stock invested in Aleister Black. Personally, I still think Aleister Black is a future NXT heavyweight champion before he ever gets called up to the main roster. At least that's what I would do. I think so. The the plan that I hear now, that's why Hidel kind of was the reason he, he went under, was that Hidel is going to Raw or SmackDown, and Aleister is still going to be in NXT for a little while longer. I can see him being the guy that maybe takes on the man that debuted at NXT TakeOver that when I saw him run through, I'm like, holy cow. (laughs) I digress. Let's continue because there was still a little more before that. (laughs) Well, other matches, of course, that I want to listen I, we could touch uh, touch base on every single detail of every match that we enjoyed. But there was two shocks that shocked the world, obviously. And, no, I'm not talking about Drew McIntyre winning the NXT world title. I'm talking okay. because that uh, – yeah, that, I saw that coming. But I'm talking about Sanity winning the NXT tag team titles and then the debut, then the debut of Adam Cole. To be honest with you, of course, Adam Cole's uh, debut was a lot bigger than Sanity's win of the tag team titles. But I will tell you this, Sanity winning the tag team titles is way up there because a lot of people did not see the Authors of Pain only holding those titles for such a short period of time. So, personally me, I was waiting to see. uh, Personally me, I thought the Authors of Pain were going to be set up to lose it to TM61 when they returned. But no, I was completely wrong. So now we saw Sanity lose 
you know, win it, but then get beat up by, of course, the reuniting of Red Dragon. So that was a surprise that really got a lot of people. Was wait, Red Dragon together in NXT? Because I saw them running. I'm like, wait, that's Kyle. That's but oh my god, Red Dragons together again. And they took down not only Sanity but also take down the Authors of Pain. It's like, okay, they're putting they're putting a lot of faith in this team. And then you get to the main event, and you see Red Dragon again. And then you see him. You see Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> well, mind you, that that pop was just tremendous. If you ever saw, if anyone saw that video on social media shared by WWE.com, when Adam Cole no, went, when the cameras I didn't went off the, the video, air. George, I was right there, so I'm living it. And just the reaction from the Barclay Center here in Brooklyn, the place was about to go nuts. We're walking out the building and everyone's just chanting, too sweet, whoop, whoop, too sweet, whoop, whoop. Bullet Club fans well, my- were in awe. Everyone was ecstatic. People were complimenting my red hair because it was on fire just like the night. It was well, an amazing all well, all I got to say is that, of course, if you could hear that kind of pop at the Barclays Center that fills so many people up, imagine in the NXT arena in Full Sail University. That, that, that's really uh, all I could say about that matter. George, no offense yes. to Florida, but New York is where wrestling thrives, and you were not going <laughs> well, to pop I, like that in Full Sail. I'm so... Well, but well, I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that for a second. As far as like New York, like they even said it all the time when it comes to New York and wrestling. You either make it or you break it in New York, and New York will let you know. <laughs> so trust me, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I agree that New York is where fr- uh, wrestling was bred. I agree with you where New York is where careers are made. So, but when I, what I'm trying to compare is, is basically if a entire arena that's usually used for a SummerSlam, a Raw, a SmackDown, a whatever, that was used for a product that's used in a much smaller arena on a weekly basis, on a every so often a case when they run their TV taping, imagine the yeah. ovation it, it will be when it gets done in that small arena. That's what I'm saying. Imagine the comparison. So it's compared to the smaller, the smaller venue. If I'm comparing it to an indie, that doing it at full sale, yes, it's going to be a huge pop, but you have to broaden the scale. That imagine that venue is always packed. Now times that venue size by ten. That's the Barclays Center, and that's how loud it was. That you're basically having to put it on the Richter scale of how loud the people in Brooklyn were that we we had sorry for my language but we had the we had the the Atlantic Mall which is next door complaining that we were that loud because when Jeez. Adam Cole showed up people just went bonkers hmm so well that that that, that I, that's course. news to my ears <laughs> 
that that's news. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, uh, look at that. I'm even lost for words. I didn't even know how to react to the news like that. But you know, like long story short, guys. Uh, you know, NXT. Of course, a lot like a lot of people are always saying over like overkilled SummerSlam. And mind you, sometimes I wonder if having NXT takeovers instead of on their own weekend is the smart idea, per se. Because when you put a NXT takeover and then you have a WWE pay-per-view right after that, you're always going to compare one to the other. And chances are, 9 out of 10, NXT will always win. <laughs> yeah, at least that's my yeah. opinion. This so year definitely it, did, and it's it's hard to even say it because I'm kind of that biased that I was there. But I, but pound for pound, the card was better, the reactions were better. It's like NXT won the week the weekend, in my opinion, for WWE product. Because I was at another show that Friday night, but there's too much to speak about because I'll just say one thing: I was proud to be there and see. Like I've said, I've trained at House of Glory and hopefully begin to train again this September. My trainer, my sensei, the Amazing Red, became the House of Glory world champion. And the fans even there were louder than at SummerSlam. Because it's just six well, hours of too much wrestling. SummerSlam just yeah, what, the ball, I feel. Well, SummerSlam was entertaining. I'm not going to say that they completely dropped the ball. They they were entertaining. They gave us almost every side of a story, per se. You got the reuniting of the Shield. You, that, listen, that, you got yeah, the reuniting. You had the reuniting of the Shield. You had the the bringing back of of someone that can listen. If there was anyone that's ever gotten so much negative review within the last two years is Sasha Banks from the dirt sheets to apparently even Vince McMahon to the fans where the fans were calling her the B word to the point that Vince McMahon was calling her injury prone to the point that even the dirt sheets were reporting that she has heat. Sasha Banks again wins for the fourth time, the women's championship. So it's like you had a story for every corner that you looked at SummerSlam. So was it the best wrestling? Was it like your NXT style wrestling? No, you obviously you can't compare the two. But was it entertaining and in story sense? I think yes. Mm, this is the thing, though, George. This is SummerSlam is supposed to be one of the big four. It's supposed to enter and not only entertain the fans, but leave them in awe. Yes, I enjoyed the pay per view myself. But I watch all the products, and it's like, okay, I get it. Once you're in the E, you're supposed to, okay, you're going to wrestle a different style because I'm here, I want to be here for a while. Yes, I get that. But at the same time, you still want to give the fans everything they want and at least please them to the point, okay, it may be a slower pace, but what's the point of speeding through? Dina Corbin was a barrier. Randy Rusev was just 10 seconds. It's like, we don't need those speeds through matches. Give the fans a whole bill storyline-wise. Make it like the movie that's supposed to be, okay, the first act, the second act, that nice climax, then getting into the third act. You're supposed to have that balance. 
But WWE's pay-per-view wasn't like that. That's why I say they dropped the ball in a sense. Because with NXT, no matter where you look at it, Gargano, Cien Almas, which is like a dark match basically because no one was looking toward it that much, it was still for an opening act. It was perfect. So it's like well, when you get you... to the climax of the tag match, it's like, okay, there you go. Third act, Adam Cole showing up. It was the perfect story in NXT. Well, you know something? Someone that could definitely talk to us about acting and third acts and first acts and second acts is, of course, our special guest of the evening. I'm talking about Lucha Underground and and as seen on WWE Tough Enough and also actor. I'm talking about Marty the Moth Martinez. So are you ready to speak with this man? Let's go. Perfect segue. That's why I'm like, let's let's do the movie stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and reach out to Marty the Moth Martinez. Vamos. Vamonos. Comprar chulupa. Whatever that meant. (laughs) And we are live here, folks, so... Hello, hello. Yes, hi. Uh, hello, Marty the Moth. Hello. Yes, Marty the Moth. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I, we could hear you. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, if we could hear you. Can you hear us, Marty? There you are. There you are. There you are. Okay. <laughs> so uh, all right, Marty. Can you hear us? You're, you can hear us fine. I can hear you now. Awesome. All right, sorry about uh, that. That was crazy. No, no, no d- d- don't worry about it. We were just filming a commercial for Verizon. <laughs> but Marty, thank, thank you very much for sharing your time here with us here on Russell City. This is, uh, of course, George and, of course, uh, Ray Ramundo on the line. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, this is a very highly anticipated interview that all of our listeners have been waiting for. They've been dying to hear from Marty the Moth, and now we finally have you. So I have to say thank you very much for, for taking your time, especially so late at night. I know you're busy with family and et cetera, so I thank you very much uh, for your time. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me on. So be careful what you wish for, because now you got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And, and, and this is what I like, you know, about you Marty because you 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 enjoy like making people laugh. This is that's who you are. You know, you're you're not the typical hey, I'm all serious when I get to the locker room. You you enjoy making people laugh, the fans, the people you work with, uh etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And you just have fun when you go out there to the wrestling ring. Uh, tell us about how that should be used more often, even for, for wrestlers who are just coming into the business. Uh, like, how is it that they could learn? Just have fun with who you are and, and what you're doing. Honestly, I, I fell in love with it because I saw the way Shawn Michaels did it. We saw Shawn Michaels wrestle in the ring, especially in his, in recently and in the, later, in the later years. He was just having fun. Back then, he worked his butt off, but then at the end, he was just having fun, and that's actually what I wanted to bring to my ring style more than anything, is just goofy faces and making people react to the stupid crap that I do all the time. So, really, I just feel <laughs> like 
people need to be just crap happens. So you can either be crappy about it or just smile and go on and move on because life's pretty much 90% uh, how you react to it, not what happens to you. So I just figured I might as well just smile and be happy as I can. And the more people I can make happy, then sweet, the better my life will be. Uh, I completely agree with that. And, and mind you, I have to ask in, in, in this case, because again, being uh, <laughs> following uh, a degenerate from back in the day, like Shawn Michaels, uh, now born again Christian, but uh, being uh, following a degenerate from back in the day, you, of course, you're having fun, <laughs> ribbing people, uh, you know, having fun with fans. Have you ever had a, <clears throat> have you ever, ever had a situation, uh, Marty, where you are either joking a fan or joking a fellow wrestler and it just goes uh, the completely opposite, and it's like, oh my god, guys, uh, take a take a chill pill. It, it was a joke. <laughs> oh, I usually do that all the time. Um, well, when I first started getting into wrestling, um, but now most people pretty much meet me, and 30 seconds now later, they know pretty much I just say things and do random <laughs> stuff, so not to really take me too seriously anyway. Um, so if you take the creep factor out of my character, people just understand, don't take this guy too seriously in the first place. So that's kind of been alleviated from me um, as of recent years. But, yeah, when I first started being just goofy and just stop giving a crap what other people think and what happens to you, uh, then I think uh, <laughs> life gets better. And listen, I, I'm so learning this from you because I'm one of the, I'm like, I'm 35 right now. Look at that. I even had to think about what my, how old I was. Uh, that, that's called C now, people. But basically, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 35 years old right now, Mar- Marty. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm still learning how to not, like, get, have people's opinions affect me much. Because, shoot, everyone still has the haters, you know, out there. Uh, I have haters. Ray Ramundo has haters. I'm pretty sure that you have haters yourself, like out there, whether you know who it is or who it isn't. So I have to ask this as kind of like a inspirational or motivational question. Like, how do you deal with that? How can you deal with people who, whether you know them or you don't, how do you deal with the haters that you have in the business or whether they're fans or, or fellow workers? How do you deal with that? Um, the way I look at it is you are the only one that can make you happy. Um, no matter what, because you're not going to please everybody. Well, I can go out there and have a 10-star match or go out there and just have a good conversation with someone. But whatever I say or do out there is going to make some people super happy. And what I say in a conversation can make someone super pissed off, too. So you're not going to please yeah. anybody. So really, just make what do what makes you happy because you're really the only one who can come down and make yourself happy. I know millionaires who are depressed as hell, and I know people that are broke as hell that are happy as hell. So it's really yeah. you who are going to make it. It's not money. It's not what it's – what, it's really what you really – how you think, how your, your brain works. So really when I think about haters towards me, haters don't pay my bills. Haters don't get me up. Well, they actually, haters do get me up in the morning just because I like to piss them off, give them something to talk about. <laughs> but they don't pay my bills, so why the crap would I actually think about it more than uh, more that it makes it a detriment to myself? I can only think about the haters enough to be like, well, these guys don't think I can do it. Watch this. And so that's the only that's the extent of what I think about it. 
Yeah, and thank you so very much for that motivational talk and, and speech. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people who are tuning in right now who suffer from depression or, or what have you uh, took that with, with great pride, and I thank you very much for answering that question. And, and Marty, let me just like turn this around. Like again, we talked about how cheerful you are, how funny you are, how like <laughs> great you are with with people, whether it's behind the scenes or out there in the arena. But then when we were introduced to you in Lucha Underground, it was like a completely different person. <laughs> like we were used to, yeah, we were used to the funny uh, Marty. We were we had fun. We laughed. We did everything. And then all of a sudden, come Lucha Underground, we're like, oh, we're going to see Marty finally debut in Lucha Underground, turn on the TV, and then, oh, my God, who is this guy? <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it's like, how was, that, how was that transition, man? Because I could only imagine, even when you got home after those tapings, and, and of course, after people watched that first episode of you, like, people were like, Marty, was that really you? <laughs> so, how was that transition, man? It was actually, uh, it was a lot of work. Um, I do acting as well outside of wrestling. So I consulted with my acting teachers. I broke, I did a lot of homework on serial killers and just real life screwed up events that happen and getting into why these people do these screwed up things. And then I just take that and make it a screwed up Marty the Moth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it was a pretty easy transition because I'm actually super into that psychology of why people do things. So I was actually interested in it anyway. Krista Joseph, when they wrote the character of Marty the Moth for me, they they said they write the character for the people they hire. And I don't know if they think I'm a serial killer or if I'm just crazy or what that means. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoy playing the character out. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I I kind of read into a little bit of like even how you kind of established or gave birth to that dark side of you, and I heard that you know even uh, Vampiro took a little bit into it, uh, helped you a lot into your your transition into a darker you per se. Uh, how was it learning under Vampiro in that case? Well, if you're going to learn how to go to the dark side, Vampiro's the one that you're going to want to learn from. He's freaking Darth Vader. Uh, so oh, uh, <laughs> I was brought yeah. into Lucha Underground, them saying, hey, I just, we don't know what we want to do with you yet. Just go out there and make people laugh. And so that's really all I was doing was making people laugh for the whole first season. And then they kind of figured <laughs> out what's it. I went and talked to Vampiro, and I said, the funny guy, everyone remembers. That's great. But the funny guy doesn't ever really hold titles and isn't really well-respected as a wrestler. So what can we do to make people laugh with us and not at us anymore? And then so Vampiro went inside of that head. He's been in this business for 30-plus years. And uh, so we twisted around. Out came Marty the Moth. I did some research on my serial killers. I think he's going to get more deep and more deep these next 10 episodes or whatever episodes we have left of this season um, that are out. Um, and it's going to get darker and darker as the season goes. So I'm actually really excited to see season one where we started to now how dark it is compared to me being a clown for a season. Well, Adam in Ohio actually is sending our first question here, and he wants to know what's your thoughts on Lucha Underground now making it to Netflix? 
I love it. Um, people are saying, oh, that's people are only used to the same the WWE. They're used to that, and then there's other places. Well, when people hear, oh, we're on Netflix now, that puts some legitimacy to it. Um, that makes it, oh, the casual fan can go on there and see what is this Lucha Underground people are talking about. Um, I, I think it's a great thing, and I think that's the way wrestling is going to go out in the, in the long run anyway. Everything because of the Internet now, you can see what Japan is doing and Mexico is doing. Everything now is going to go to some sort of streaming service. So I'm super stoked uh, to see what the effects are long-term of Lucha Underground on Netflix. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, you you kind of opened the door on that on that, uh, and I thank you very much for pretty much answering this question I wanted to ask next too, because yes, you are absolutely right. Like New Japan is now on social streaming, even for people in the United States, uh, you know, and of course WWE, uh, uh, you know, of course their their streaming service. Uh, then of course Netflix now building a partnership with Lucha Underground and even coming up with a own Netflix original of Glow. You know, like you're you're now seeing kind of like wrestling growing in not just a TV sense, but on a social media scale. So, like, what's your what's your take on all that? Like, on the growth of this business? Because I know you're very passionate for this business, Marty. Like, what's your 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 take on that? Because now you being a performer in that ring, like you said, you're super stoked for it but I could only imagine the excitement and even for the younger wrestlers that are just coming in, like this is the best time to be a wrestler. Oh yeah. I honestly think everyone goes, thinks about all oh, the heydays of the Monday night wars in the late nineties. That is when wrestling was its hottest, but because of the mm-hmm. internet, because of things like Netflix, because of glow, because of the rock and John Cena going out there and making movies that are killing it, even just their parts. The movies might not be blockbusters, but everyone remembers the, how good they do in their particular roles. So even that, wrestling is becoming mainstream again. And because of that, the Internet, I think you're about to see another, I wouldn't say Monday Night Wars, but you're about to see the second coming of professional wrestling here in the next five years. The, the, ooh. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that <laughs> announcement. <laughs> you, yeah, I was about to shoot another question and then all of a sudden you hit me with a, a right hook when it comes to that. It's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so, That's right, and, man. Mind you, and don't think I didn't catch you talking about Darth Vader earlier. Uh, you're a Star Wars fan, Marty? I'm a geek like crazy, man. Like Power Rangers, I geeked out and saw that twice in theaters. Uh, I've watched Darth like Rogue One like four times since it's come out. I'm a Star Wars geek. I'm a, like, superhero geek. I'm a Batman, Superman guy. I'm a dork, man. I'm wearing a shirt right now with Daffy Duck on it, so. (laughs) Well, uh, my co-host here, Ray Ramundo, is giving me the evil eye because he knows I'm going to talk a lot more right now. So, Ray, I'm sorry. (laughs) He's calling my name. (laughs) He's calling my my name, Ray. I'm so sorry. So, so uh, Ray, I promise I'm only going to ask maybe or talk to him about two more subjects. I'll pass you the mic. I promise. So, uh, <laughs> but basically, hey, hey, Marty, then I have to ask you, man, what's your opinion on The Last Jedi, bro? Like, it, it, aren't you hyped? Are you kidding? I'm trying not to think about it so that I don't get hyped and then sit there and cry and watch every trailer and fan-made trailer and everything. 
about it until December. So I am actually looking. I'm 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 super hyped about that, and I'm super excited about Justice League. So those are the two that I'm super jacked about. So I'm thinking though, Star Wars is going to be way better than Justice League, but uh, I though the other two I'm so excited to see. So if you had to choose a team between Justice League and Avengers, who do you think will go forward in that? <laughs> oh, for sure. The, the, oh, the thought, Avengers are going to get their butts kicked. I'm a Batman oh, and Superman on. guy. Oh, yeah, no, the Avengers are cool, but I got to go with my boys, Clark and Bruce Wayne over there. Oh, no, no, no. Marty, we're losing you. We're losing you. I, we're having breaking <laughs> up the technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're having technical difficulties, fans. I'm sorry, we're losing Marty the Mop. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but basically, no. Uh, but, but I okay, have so seen every single one in the Avengers the universe. I've seen every, I think, every single movie in that universe. So yes. So then, because you have an, a background in acting, of course, you still being an actor uh, in the, of course, in Hollywood and the movies and etc. Like, I have to ask, Marty, like, with all these movies that we're discussing now, and, of course, you and I being both nerds, dorks, geeks, whatever you want to call us, uh, like, is there any movie that sometimes you're watching or, or even that you watch a trailer of that you say, God, I really wish I was part of that movie? Oh, man, Power Rangers, the man, I would love to be a Green Ranger. Like, uh, <laughs> that would be super fun. Um I would really, I really want to be a superhero. Like pretty much that happens every single time I see a superhero movie, or or even the DC like TV shows. Because if you're on one TV show, you're in five of them if it's a CW network. But like all of them, I would love to be. There's so many people that I, I think would be so fun. I would love to play Joker. Joker would be super fun to play. Yeah, um, I agree. With your uh, your dark side. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're back in that. I think I have some insane in me somewhere. <laughs> well, just, well, I'll just say this. If you did ever uh, play the Joker, and, of course, you being a Lucha Underground superstar and being the Marty the Moth being darker than, than night, I have to say uh, it, it would pre- probably bring some scary stuff to your wrestling career as Marty the Moth. Oh, I would say I, I, I think the fans would win out of that, too. <laughs> well, mind you, yeah, I I would like to see. You know what? Out of all these people that you mentioned, I would actually enjoy seeing you as Green Ranger, especially because they tease the Green Ranger at the end of the movie. So absolutely. just hopefully they do. Huh? Oh, absolutely no! They'll totally do the Green Ranger. I I would love to be that part, but I wouldn't do that part justice. I was uh, I met the Green Ranger with Johnny Mundo a couple months ago. And I would not do that part justice. I could not do those roundhouse kicks very pretty. They wouldn't be pretty. They'd be <laughs> hilarious to watch for the first couple of episodes, but they would not be pretty like a Power Ranger. So, that, yeah, I would not be a good one to do with the job justice. But that would be a fun one to play. Cause that was well, that Marty, the, but Marty, you're, you're like, uh, not to kind of like jump on a bandwagon or sound like I'm, I am on a bandwagon, but you would actually sound, look like a guy that could give the Power Rangers a run for their money because you're no small guy either. 
like how the Power Rangers were shown in this last movie. Don't get me wrong, they were built, they they were big, they they look strong, but it, when you compare them to you, you're much more wider, taller, and much more built. So it's kind of like, holy cow, this might be the Power Rangers' strongest enemy. I, I'm just saying. I I always say being fun, uh, bad is way funner anyway, so I'm all for being <laughs> bad guy. Well, that's what Ray Ramundo was just saying. So, Marty, I'm going <laughs> to – yeah, he's – he he's still giving me the eye. So Ray, I, I'm I'm gonna stop talking. I'm gonna stop talking. So I'm gonna pass the mic over over to you now. So uh, Marty, if I have any last questions for you, I will ask after Ray is done. But for now, I'm just gonna pass over the mic to you. you Ray, who's your favorite? I'm gonna have one question for uh, you though. Who's your favorite? You're gonna see an Avengers guy. Who, who's the one you're going to? Who's your favorite? Uh, between Avengers and Justice League. No, I know you like the Avengers. Because you capped all oh. of DC, so which oh, one? Oh, but you're favorite? asking me for my favorite hero of Spider-Man, of course. Yep, Spider-Man. Ooh, yeah. I was not expecting that. All right, okay. Yeah, I really like that movie too. Yes, yeah, Mary Jane's way too much. Not... Sorry, go ahead. That was the only disappointment I have. <laughs> like Mary <laughs> Jane, that they used the Mary Jane they used in this movie was a little bit off. Like to me, I'm used to the redhead. Mary Jane that we would see in the comics or even in the original yeah. movies. This yeah. one, I, I don't want to bash the movie. I'm not trying to bash the movie in any way. But this Mary Jane looked like it was just found, like like someone they found off of the, the street. It was a little I don't know. I'm not trying to bash the movie. I'm just, I just remember you Mary Jane looking a certain part. I'm just used to seeing Mary Jane as a certain part. I'm sorry. Hey, they lit up for it, I guess, if you want to say, with making the Aunt May hot as hell. Like, hot, I guess, for an aunt. I'll agree with that. I don't know how I feel about that. If you're going to take away my eye candy with Mary Jane. Well, again, the Mary Jane in this one was... Listen, the the main girl, the main love interest from this last uh, Spider-Man movie, I forgot what they mm. called her. Uh, what was her name? Uh, the the the, uh, the very skinny girl, the the one that was the leader of the the study group. She was pretty. Mm. She was pretty. Even Kristen Dunst was a lot prettier than Mar- as Mary Jane. But this one, I was just not sold on it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, me either. So we see, we can get it together. We're common. Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully. And uh, one day, if Marty, if you're ever in Miami, I'll treat you to some Cuban coffee, too. So, I'll so you, I'll you do that. <laughs> that will happen? I'm so sorry, Marty? No, I'll hold you to that. Uh, yeah, like uh, freaking uh, <laughs> Cuban coffee adding to the already hyper degenerate Marty the Moth. That, I don't know. I think that's a plan for disaster. But. Uh, <laughs> Oh, God, he just went Marty the Moth on me. So uh, <laughs> let me stop here see what you before do, I break. Uh, huh? Ray, the mic is all yours, you open the door? Okay, my turn. <laughs> I'll tag in. You hype him up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop, brother. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Marty. Okay. I have to start off. You guys talk 
Avengers versus Justice League. You know what? I'll say the winner in all this is going to be the Power Rangers. <laughs> That's who wins. I'm, I'm gonna fight it. I won't fight it. Uh, I will yeah. say I will say the pink Rangers cute, but not as cute as before. Like I don't have the first girl crush kind of thing on this one, but she did all right. She's all right. The pink Ranger, come yeah, on, we had a lot of crush on the pink Ranger back in the day. Yeah, the original cast is always just gonna have that love for from all of us, especially the green being Jason David Frank that I got to meet him twice, and the guy's just amazing. Yeah, he was at uh, the Boone, the Bounty Hunter premiere. Uh, we, it was like a couple months ago. We went to it in Chicago. So he was there. He was super cool. Every time I met him, he's always been super cool. I met him some time, too. So, yeah, I would not be a good game ranger, so I would not do that role. <laughs> but give me a bad guy. I will. I like your idea. I will be the main bad guy of, for the Pounders all day long. Well, you can now do the new role that they're doing in the comics. You could always be Lord Draken. He doesn't do roundhouse kicks. He just destroys everyone. <laughs> you're like in comics and just be, you're still green, but you're the White Ranger as well, so it's a mix. Ooh. He's not all there, okay. so it's perfect for your character. He's, he's always <laughs> maniacal, so who knows? I like the way this sounds. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I guess let me start off with the first question I usually ask everyone is, what was your reasoning for getting into wrestling, Marta? Uh, The money and the women. There you go. Quick and easy. (laughs) 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 Okay, just kidding. Just kidding. I just, I, I literally had to mute my microphone just because the answer and then the silence. I literally had to mute my microphone just to stop laughing. <laughs> that silence was deafening. I had no rebuttal for that. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Thank God we're for everybody's show. <laughs> If this was a kid's show, this can't be PG. No, no PG. Hey, I like uh, women friends. What's wrong with that? That's PG. I like friends that are women. One hundred percent PG. That saved. That. Have socks or hands to hold. Okay. Okay. Gosh, now, again, I just want to throw that out there. So real, I just wanted to real throw real that real. out there. <laughs> uh, See what would happen, and it worked out gloriously. Um, <laughs> real reason, honestly, I just loved the ability to make somebody react the way. I've always liked to make people like happy or get a reaction out of people. Um, and I was playing football. Uh, I had some scholarships for um, some colleges. I ended up breaking my, uh, my shoulder, my collarbone. Um, so those colleges, those scholarships went away to the point I was like, uh, I'm, if I do college, that'd be cool, but I'm not going to go any further than that. So sure. I, I actually focused on my academic stuff, but I always needed some sort of, I like hitting people. I like entertaining people. So what was out there, then I was always a wrestling fan. And then I actually found out I had no idea for years that you could actually do wrestling. So um, going into that and seeing that and being able to pull an, an emotion, like making you guys laugh for fun 
and uh, making poor Melissa Santos uh, clench her butt cheeks um, and just have everything that I get to do um, and elicit <laughs> some sort of emotion out of people. Uh, I think that's the reason why I do it, actually. So, Amazing. long-winded just, answer. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Either one works. They were both perfect answers. It's like, oh, God, me and George can't hold our laughter right now. <laughs> God. Is, is that because you're thinking about Melissa Santos' butt cheeks? No. Or... Oh, God, why did he read my mind? Just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back the laughter and go to my next question. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, I am just messing up this interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a right now. It proves it, folks. He's he, he's not lying. He loves the reaction, and that's what you need in wrestling. If they're quiet, you're doing something wrong. That's that's the truth of it. So. Exactly. Uh, oh god. At least that's what I've been taught in my school. So it's like, if you can't get a reaction out of the fans, you're doing something wrong. So there you go. Uh, yep. My next question, Marty, it definitely has to be, what's been that one match you've had that just makes you think, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I chose the right path in wrestling. Um, there is one that hasn't happened yet. Um, so it's at Lucha Underground. Um, and it's going to happen later this season. Um, the second, the, yeah. So spoiler alert, there's some awesome crap coming the rest of this season. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the one that I can talk about, uh, is, the Weapons of Mass Destruction match with Killshot that I had earlier this season. Um, oh, man. After that, that match, bloody... Yeah, I got seven staples in my head after that match. Um, but after that match, I knew, like, after when I was laying there, after I'd gone through the table and was done, and I my eyes were closed, but I, when I heard everybody, I knew that I made the right decision and, in doing what I'm doing right now. I knew I was where I could be. And I think that was a great moment for me, is that match. So to answer your question, that is the match that I knew I was where I needed to be. Blood needs to fall for you to prove it. Like, yep, uh, my body hurts, but I guess I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's a long that ways down, yes. That was the swear. <laughs> Now, for the smart uh, person who understood what I mean by that, you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, uh, gosh. Swear. Swear. Uh, Let's keep the kayfabe alive, folks. That's right. I mean, I hate that. That swerve guy's awesome. That kill shot guy, I hate that guy, though. That guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, right. it's, it's, uh, man, that has to be a dream match right there. Someone needs to book that. Dub, we're talking oh, to you. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know why when I heard Marty uh, do the little ten ten ten, why I was just thinking the first thing that came into my head was the gerbil. The gerbil. Or, what or are you doing with gerbil? Or, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or the squirrel. <laughs> or that oh, squirrel. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I know one day I'm gonna. One day I'm gonna find a video of you just. Tur- One day I'm gonna find a video of you, Marty, just doing that famous turn and stare, 
and I'm going to add that music to it, and I'm going to use this same sound. We need to make Just a gif of that. I'm not, we should do that. We should make a gif of that. I think that'll be fun. We'll that'll it. be our homework. The gift. Well, uh, you know, in one of your future, <laughs> in one of your future uh, episode recordings for Lucha Underground, make sure you do it, and I'll grab it, and then I'll send it to you. <laughs> Done. I'm gonna find a but, camera and give you like the best, like what is a Zoolander's move, like blue steel move ever. <laughs> awesome. It's be like easy uh, anyway, right. Back here and creepier. <laughs> oh, right, continue. I'm sorry for interrupting. Uh, uh, no problem, no problem. This is going perfectly. It's, ha- it's a nice time. It's having fun. Okay, Marty, my next question definitely has to be, from Lu- being in Lucha Underground, you're sharing the locker room with a lot of the, the Latin stars and even legends of cross paths there. Who has been one of those guys that inspi- has been even inspirational for the whole locker room that's been around? In Lucha Underground. Uh, well, it, it's easy to point out the big, the main guys. Um, obviously, guys like Ray, Ray Mysterio, people have looked up to for since they were kids. Um, guys like John Morrison, who's been there from day one of Lucha. Many of the guys on the roster grew up watching him as well, at least, or they watched him wrestle recently. Um, so he's been someone that's pretty huge and huge and just building that locker room and letting us build a community around that whole Lucha Underground atmosphere. He's been one that's been pivotal, so he's been good. Um, And honestly, that's the the good thing about Lucha Underground is there's no no little cliques, really. Like, people hang out with certain people, but there's no little cliques. There's no no one goes off with each other. Everyone hangs out with everybody. They, we, watch, we all watch one TV in the back while all the matches are going on. And, yes, everyone watches most of the matches together and, like, supports each other. Um, so as far as those guys, Ray Mysterio is someone who everyone looked up to since they were a kid. John Morrison is someone that is more recent that people have looked up to. Um, and then really just it's an atmosphere that everyone's actually just pretty supportive anyways. So it's been pretty pretty awesome back there in the first point. Mm. I think Mysterio being in that locker room, I know definitely for myself, that was the reason I got into wrestling, was just watching his matches with Eddie, with Malenko. It's like Mysterio has definitely influenced a lot. And especially Lucha Underground, just that style. It's like you can see that Rey Mysterio has influenced a lot. Johnny Mundo, Hennigan, whatever you want to call him, he's done so much in his business that's like, You've seen him almost everywhere. Even now, debuting, I think, this week, he'll be Johnny Impact, I believe. It's like That's this right, guy yeah. on everything. So it's and like, he's good enough to be on everything. everything so. Definitely. Great. We, um, and then you got guys that are coming up. So as far as just tables for each other, down, those guys are pretty much the the, the big ones. And the, But the fun thing is, about, is everyone is so – supportive of each other in that locker room that we got locker room leaders stepping up every single day that pretty much everyone's locker room leader. Everyone's just cool in that locker room. Um, Shane Strickland, a guy who was killing it now on the indie scene ever since he was, uh, got no, his chance on the channel ground. Um, Sam McCallahan's always hitting it. Like the amount of people and the talent on the channel ground roster is insane. So if people haven't watched each other ground, 
I would suggest to you if you're not a wrestling fan, give it, give me a couple episodes in, um, and then if you if you don't like us by then, turn away. But well, I promise you, we will have you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it. It will open the eye to any fan that's not even an actual fan because Lucha Underground has so much of that wrestling aspect as it does cinematic. It's so different that's like it'll bring in anyone. Those people that like the drama. They'll like their soap opera. There's that style in there, too. That's what I love of Lucha Underground. It's an alternative that's not just, yes, it has storylines, it has wrestling, but it has that cinematic universe in there. It's like, if you're a superhero fan, you have that style in there. It brings everyone together in that. Absolutely. And we even have, like, the little incarnation of death teleporting around uh, in <laughs> yeah, Katrina. Yeah, everyone dies in Lucha Underground. Everyone dies and comes back. So when I'm yeah. doing all this research on serial killers and I think of the most like screwed up and most horrendous idea possible and then I'm like, maybe I should pitch this for a season four, blah, blah, blah. I never have to question if Lucha Underground could do it because we have a time traveler for hell's sake. There's nothing we can't do on this show. So if I want yeah, to have perfect. a torturing device or something, if Mario Moth wants a torture chamber, then that's n- nothing compared to changing timelines and stuff like that. So <laughs> you're going to find everything yeah. underground. That's a good thing with Lucha because I know definitely you're, there's not that much restraint. I bet there is something that you can't go over, but it's like compared to like the WWE, you can't do certain things. Death is not even a topic anymore. If all the actual deaths have happened, it's like WWE would never touch on that. That's something that it shows that you've changed with the territory because you've been in the WWE with Tough Enough. How does that atmosphere change for you? How did that transpire with the two different promotions? Um, there's definitely huge differences. Just you can tell with the WWE, you're part of the machine. You're uh, you. They tell you what to do, and you do that. And uh, where at Lucha, and again, I've never been a contracted guy more than WWE Tough Enough. Um, but from what I've heard from every single superstar that I've met, which is a lot of guys, um, talk about after they leave, how they just had no control over anything they could do. Um, they're just part of a machine. And that's what I saw when I was there as well. So at least with Lucha, we, that Weapons of Mass Destruction match was not ever originally going to happen. That was something me and Killshot uh, threw out the idea of extending the feud, and that's what Lucha Underground came up with. So they listened to us, and that's something that I think at Lucha we have the ability to do. Where other places, that's a huge difference where you do what they tell you to do versus we having some creative freedom. So there's there's some big differences as far as that. That's the first thing I notice. Um having creativity and moves and stuff like that. Um, I know that's definitely something uh, as well. I just think people are just generally happier right now in the Lucha Underground when we're filming, that is. Right now, we're not happy because we haven't filmed all, filmed all year. We're waiting for season four to start. Um, <laughs> but just I like the atmosphere of going in there where I can go up and uh, slap Krista Joseph in the butt um, hug my executive producer, um, hug the girl that I'm supposed to be torturing on TV, um, and then do and then hang out versus going in there and being afraid to look people and the people are worried about looking each other in the eye the wrong way. 
Um, people are always, you heard that stuff back in the day with the Young Bucks getting in trouble for leaving a jacket on something or something like that. There is some drama going over over it. I just, I think it's like walking on eggshells back there versus having some fun and relaxing. Yeah, you've always heard those stories that's like, yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that, there's hazing. It's not as much of a camaraderie locker room as it is. Even at Lucha Underground in the Indies, you hear so much of like, it's a better time when you're on the independent and Lucha Underground. Because even on Lucha Underground, you still have that freedom that you can work other shows like PWG, AAA. You're doing other stuff that's not just, oh, I'm stuck in one promotion, I can't do anything else. With WWE, you're stuck there and you're just their property, basically. You're their IP. That's about it. And hell, we even talked about Johnny Mundo now being Johnny Impact for a minute. So um, I, they didn't say they were done with Lucha. So you, you might even see us on different places. You'd never receive that in WWE. Definitely, yeah, exactly. Even with Drago, with Drago uh, being on both now, Drago debuted for the Super X. It's like even that shows how much Lucha Underground has brought in the spectrum because you're seeing guys that started on Lucha and gotten that eye, it's like they're getting everywhere. Jeff Cobb, Drago, Pensa, and Phoenix. It's like, wait a second. Lucha Underground has made them stars. It's like, uh, it's the smaller spectrum, but the machine and the WWE, they're killing talent instead of making them huge stars now. Right, and they're making a great living off um, on the road. Um, so... Uh, it seems to making it's a great atmosphere for us. Like it's, I think, like I said before, pro wrestling as a whole are going into a big thing, um, into a into a high. Uh, we're gonna have another Monday Night Wars or whatever. We're gonna have another high of wrestling here coming up. And right now, if you're a wrestler, you should be one hell of a happy person because things are about to get good if they're not already for you. If they're not, you freaking work your butt off because now is going to be one of the best times to make something happen in wrestling for yourself. So uh, I'm pretty excited for what's to come. Looks like I need to get back into training, hopefully quick, because wrestling's starting to pick up. <laughs> My last question <laughs> right. has to be, because I'm going to give it back to George and I don't want to take too much of your time, has to be what do you want to leave the fans with, Marty? What is that one thing you want the fans to know you as, this is what Marty the Moth was? memorable really um with anything i just want to be remembered whether it be he was something it was it was he made me laugh or he really made me want to shower or he made me scared to let my daughter go out in the middle of the night on saturday nights um just i would really i would like to go back and think when i think about on wrestling I was remembered, and uh, no matter what, there was something that was pulled out of the fans. So that's really what I think I would be, is remembered. I don't care if it's hated or loved. Hated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely, at least if there's a reaction. That's Marty Moff's motto. Yeah. Re- if you react, he's happy. Exactly. Which I'll definitely as say long- this has been one of my, my funnest interviews, because this has been one of the funniest I've done. And Marty, I thank you again. It's been a pleasure. George, back to you, brother. Well, because, Ray, this time you stole all my questions. For once, I now know how you feel. <laughs> so hey, I have... 
<laughs> I have like at least two more questions to ask you here, uh, Marty. Uh, and then, of course, we'll go ahead and do your plugs where people can follow you and, and all that good jazz. Uh, Marty, you were talking about the WWE, and I overheard you say about, of course, you're tough enough. Uh, we like for those that follow your career and those who really go in depth with Marty the Moss career. Uh, we all know Big Show was one of those very key uh, friends of yours that got you into the WWE, that got you that that meeting with John Laurinaitis, that got you that tryout, uh, and then getting you signed to to Tough Enough. But before we start talking about that. I want to ask you, like, I know you're dedicated to Lucha Underground. I'm not trying to say, hey, you're ignoring Lucha Underground. I just want to ask, what are the chances of ever seeing Marty the Moth possibly ever going back? Um, I always keep my doors open for opportunities. So uh, it, there's a great roster going on right now. There's a lot of people in there that I think I could have some fun with. And uh, that Mario the Moss can bring some craziness with. So um, maybe my doors are always open to opportunities. So never say never. Awesome. And, and mind you, I'm not even, like I said, I'm not trying to say you're ignoring your opportunity in Lucha Underground. I know, you, like you've said plenty of times on the show, that you're very appreciative for Lucha Underground. You're enjoying your creative control of the Marty the Moss character. Uh, whereas WWE, hey, you got to do what you're told. Uh, but basically, you know, I know WWE or even New Japan is mainly sometimes always the ultimate goal for many, many wrestlers. So, Marty, for someone who's been there, I want you to give advice to these younger guys, especially for the ones who possibly are already in the process of being signed. You've been there. You know how it is. You've, you've worked with John Laurinaitis. You've been on Tough Enough. You, you've worked with the big show, you know, can you give us a little bit of like, uh, of insight of like your do's and don'ts when, when you're finally getting to the big time? Uh, really, especially when you're first getting in, it just keep your mouth shut and your ears open. Um, every locker room is going to be different and every locker room usually is going to change uh, customs and what is kind of the norm of that locker room. So uh, keep your eyes open, your ears open, and your mouth shut. Um, listen to the vets and just do as you're told. Work your butt off. Be the first one to be at the locker room and the last one leaving. So that's really all you can do until you find your space. Well, if you don't mind me saying so, Marty, I'm not even a wrestler, and I'm shutting up and listening to you. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. So, if a journal, if, uh, listen, uh, listeners, fans, wrestlers, wrestlers in training, wrestlers who are possibly being signed, if a journalist is listening and shutting up to a veteran like Marty the Moth, so should you. So, Marty, thank you so very much for your time, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, let's do some plugs, of course. How can fans follow you on social media? Whether it's, a, I know, a fan page, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Twitter. Uh, I hate birds, so I don't do Twitter myself. Uh, <laughs> how can how can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of inquiries? And where can they catch you next live, Marty? Um, very easy. I keep things pretty simple. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, my name is Martin Casaus. M A R T I N C A S A U S. It's the exact same on everything. 
I also have a YouTube as well, Martin Casals underscore official. Go subscribe to my stuff. Um, I actually and send me a message because I do respond back to messages. It may take me a minute to get there, but I do respond to them personally. So, uh, like I said, I try to get a reaction out of people and have some fun. So, follow. I just say stupid stuff most of the time. So, um, there, I also give away <laughs> free stuff as well. Um, so go to martincasaus.com. I am uh, going to be giving some discounts on the stuff, everything on my site, the Martin Moss merch that's on there, um, as well as other stuff on there as well, um, and some stuff shirts on there for some ladies as well. So uh, follow me up on his social media and go to my website and just, yes, love me. If you need supplements, come to me. I have supplements, blah, blah, blah. Love me, write me, find me. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, all I gotta say is, like, I understand that a lot of people love that the stuff you were talking about, the social media, your merchandise. But I know one thing that caught everyone's attention, and I could be one of them, was free stuff. So I'm on my way. <laughs> so, <laughs> Marty. <laughs> so, Marty, thank you so very much again for your time. I really do appreciate it. We, we are very honored, and, and I, I had this pleasure. I've been, tr like, looking forward to this interview for, for many, many weeks and months, so I really appreciate your time here today. Hey, thank you much for having me on, man. It was a good time. It's our pleasure, sir. Thank you very much, and we hope to have you again in the future. I appreciate it, man. All right, you guys have a good night. Have you a good too, one, brother. Good night. Thank you. Guys, that was Marty the Moth. Of course, uh, thank, thank you so, so very much again to Lorraine, our CEO, who booked this interview here this evening. Uh, of course, Marty the Moth, Lucha Underground star, and of course, uh, uh, also seen on WWE Tough Enough, and of course, great guy, actor, Comedian, or at least I think he he should he should have taken up stand up yeah, comedy. Stand -up, you know that, right? Yeah. Uh, we you should have, have asked him that. I forget. Like I sh we I, you know something I knew we dropped the ball on something. We should have asked him if he was any anytime open to stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah, well, well, either, either way, got, stand up because it was fun. Oh yeah. yeah, it was extremely fun. He but has a low basically, laugh, and the is not usually laugh, so it's like, ah, uh, he broke me. He broke me. Well, mind <laughs> you, all I got to say is, if from beginning to end on that episode, it was fantastic. It was fun. It was everything that I believe that we all predicted. <laughs> so, you know, definitely I, I was very, very intrigued. By this episode today, we learned a lot about Marty Lamoff, including his Lucha under his time in Lucha Underground. Again, we thank very much to Lorraine uh, Bassiano, our CEO, for this great, great booking here on, uh, of course, Russell City Radio. I almost called us by our old name, but guys, we have run hey, out of time. It's still the same brand. We're still here. Still the same <laughs> brand. Still. Oh, well, now under the the umbrella of Unity. Unity Entertainment. But anyway, guys, we are about done here. Let's go ahead and, and close up our show. Guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week on Monday at our same time, being 7 p.m. I want to thank everyone for a great episode today. Have a great night. Take care. Stay real. We'll see you next week. Good night, folks. Hey, everybody.
Ray. Yep. Why didn't Why didn't you read your damn cue cards, bro? What do you that mean? You were You were supposed to read your damn cue cards. I have told you about that darn question, and you did not ask the damn question. How could you not have read? I really hate our producer. You know that. <laughs> I, re- I really I hate our producers. God damn it! See, I'm not. Well done. Welcome to the city. You become number one. With- 